and welcome to this week's episode of The Leadership Lane. My name is Rita Chincotter and I'm really pleased to be with you today. Last time on the podcast, we spoke about executive level presence and when you're a leader moving into that next lane of your leadership, what are the things that you might be thinking about and what would best support you in moving through that level and up to that executive level? And so what I want to do over the next few podcasts is actually build on that topic because there are many, many different aspects to building our executive level presence and really around having impact at that senior leadership level, including that board level. And I've created a model that I did want to share with you today. uh, And we're probably not going to go through the whole model uh, because I might save that for a few future episodes. But It is what I um, call the nine C's of executive level presence. I do like that palette using um, the letter C and it just happens very coincidentally uh, that the nine descriptors fall beautifully under that kind of palette. So they're quite easy to remember too. So the first one that we want to think about when we're thinking about executive level presence is obviously our credibility. So our ability to be able to build relationships and be credible when we're building those relationships Obviously, trust comes into that, our reputation, our level of experience, what we've delivered in the past, and what what people know about us. And I guess our, you know, we're only as good as the last piece of work that we've done. And I do genuinely believe that. I believe that that is where um, the proof is, if you like. And so if we can be developing that credibility and really be focusing on building that through not just relationships but through a demonstration of the work and really producing quality work and and doing the work. I think that that is where our credibility uh, can absolutely shine. So that's the first one. The second one is conviction and you will have heard me, if you follow the podcast, you will have heard me speak about conviction before. Now it is a very close cousin to confidence which is another one of um, the C's which I'll talk about today but conviction is all about that really strong fundamental belief. Um, it's something that that is just known. Um, you don't even have to think about it too much actually because you just know it. You are so strongly committed, if you like, to the idea or to the project that you're delivering, um, you know, to the insight that you just know it. And when you know it and you know that you bring about um, that quality, that you bring that, that, um, that quality to the work, it speaks for itself. Now, I should say that with conviction, uh, what we want to try and and turn down if it's present is stubbornness uh, and almost having a tunnel vision. So it's great to have that conviction and to feel very strongly and very passionately, you know, about what it is, you know, your work effectively and what is it you're putting forward. But if we are blinkered and if we do have a little bit of that tunnel vision or if we can get quite stubborn and fixed on an idea, then that's not conviction. I'd actually call that stubbornness. And with conviction, we want to make sure that still we've, you know, appropriately socialised our idea and our concept and that we're consulting, you know, with people and then we're not holding to it firmly just because uh, we've almost taken it on as an element in our identity. We want to make sure that conviction is great and I absolutely recommend that we have it in bucket loads provided that our ideas are, you know, are really worthy of it. And again, just to, to be wedded to something from a stubbornness perspective is probably, it's not conviction at all. So, so that's one thing to be aware of, I guess, with conviction, but with conviction, I, I mentioned it is a close 
cousin of confidence. And so when we are confident, we have that conviction. And when we have that conviction, we have that confidence. So there's that really lovely relationship between the two. But with conviction, we feel it very strongly. We feel it um, at, at a really intuitive level and we, we know that it's we know that it's good. We've tested it appropriately. We've consulted with people. We've gone about um, researching our ideas just to make sure that they're backed up and it's just not world according to us. Uh, but I reckon conviction is really important around executive leadership in particular and um, and leadership overall, leadership presence. So the third one I want to talk to you about is commitment. Now, commitment means that we are aligned, we're passionate about our role, our team, again, whatever initiative it is that we're working on, and we've got that genuine commitment. Now, when we don't have genuine commitment, others around us can see it, they can smell it, they can feel it. And so that, in turn, might impact their ability to really engage with whatever it is that we need them to engage with. So if we're implementing a new strategy or a new strategic directive, if we are um, implementing or, or result, you know, working on a project or resolving some kind of issue, that genuine commitment from us as leaders looks like being really present. It looks like being really passionate about it. It doesn't look like something that's just kind of half-baked that we're not committed to. Because if we're not going to be committed to it as leaders, then our people won't be committed to it either. So if it's something that we are expecting, and I guess this goes across all of these nine Cs, if we're expecting of others, then we've got to really be able to demonstrate that. And so with commitment, we want to be absolutely wedded to it. Now, I've seen this plenty in leadership teams that you can get a bit of a group think um, thing happening, or rather than group think, people just get bored of an idea or, or a discussion. And so they'll just go along with what the general consensus is in the group. Now, that is not commitment. That is laziness. That is a group uh, not actually properly discussing and, and properly getting to an agreed position with all members. Now, that, that can sometimes be really hard to do. And, in fact, the bigger the leadership team, the harder it is to do that because you're probably not going to get 100% of people completely committed or aligned. But the trick with a leadership team here, and you as a leader, if you're leading a, a team of individuals, it's to create the time and space for discussions and debate to occur so you can reach that optimal level of commitment within the team. And again, just watch out here for laziness. Watch out here for, you know, the, the tendency to just go group think or just get to a really quick outcome because you can see that the team are bored with the discussion. They could very well be bored, but then I'd be saying, well, then change up the way you're discussing something. You know, maybe you're spending... Are you spending too long on it? But rather than think about the time, maybe you're going about it in a way which could be more effective. You know, are you or, or have you rather identified the root cause of the issue? You know, or are you just skirting around the issue and therefore people don't really align or, or can't get engaged in the conversation? So with commitment at the executive level, it's probably one of the ones that is most transparent and obvious when a leader is not committed. And equally, you want this within your team too. So that's commitment. Then number four is charisma. And I think this one, they're all really important, but charisma in particular is important. And charisma, it kind of, you know, I've mentioned the term passion today, but it does link in um, 
around you, you almost exuding an energy where people go, yeah, I, I want to be a part of that. Um, you know, that it, it looks exciting. It looks energizing. It looks interesting. Uh, it looks like a cause. It's aligned to my personal purpose, whatever it is. Uh, charisma helps to promote all of those things that I've just mentioned. It's about your level of engagement with others. It's about your ability to be able to read people and situations and potentially adapt your message, adapt your style for the audience that you are speaking to. You know, with charisma, you're interesting. You're someone that people want to listen to. You're someone that people want to engage with because you're charismatic. Uh, and hopefully a few other things, um, not just because you're charismatic. Char charisma, I should say, will not uh, carry you as far as what you may think if there is no substance behind your message. And I guess that's the other side, if you like, of charisma. It's one thing to be charming uh, and to demonstrate all those things that someone that is charismatic demonstrates, but you've got to be able to back it up with substance. You've got to be able to have that credibility, which I spoke about as our number one um, quality or characteristic of executive level leadership uh, because without it, charisma, you know, it's kind of very shallow and it's good for a short time and people then see through it. So you want to make sure that, again, you're backing it up with credibility. You know what you're on about. Uh, you know what you're leading your team for, uh, what the purpose is. You've, you know, properly outlined objectives, KPIs. You're aligned to your strategic plan. Uh, and you, you're doing that. So you've got that substance behind it. So the team can trust in that, can engage with it. And it helps them, you know, be led by you when you can demonstrate that charisma. So that is charisma. Okay. Now, the fifth element is confidence. And I did say uh, a couple of minutes ago that this is really, it's a close cousin of conviction. Now, confidence is one that we often look to others to make us or to give us that reassurance of confidence and to make us feel confident. And I, I want to challenge some mindsets around that if you find that that is what you might be doing because that confidence, a little bit like conviction, it actually needs to come within. Unless we are feeling confident about ourselves without needing to gain the approval or seek the approval of others and we, without necessarily having to have that approval, uh, that's true confidence. Others can have confidence in our ability. There's nothing wrong with that, but that is then closely linked to credibility and it's also closely linked to trust and the trust that they have in us in order to be able to do a job and in this case obviously lead um, our team or lead an organisation. So with confidence, you want to make sure that it's coming from within uh, and that you, you're feeling it because it's genuine and you know your stuff, you know your abilities, you are also in tune with what you don't know. And I think this is where a lot of leaders fall down at times because they they get what they are really good at. They have a really good understanding of what they excel in and where their capabilities are strongest. But then potentially they don't know um, their development areas and they potentially don't want to spend too much time there. Now, in leadership development over the last decade or so, we, we are informed through the research that we are better off spending more time focused on our strengths rather than our development areas. And I think that that is true. I think, however, we need to have an awareness of what our development areas are. We also need to be aware of not only what they are, but the impact of others when we are 
perhaps relying on, on something that is not serving us well or not serving others well that we may work with. So I think confidence is about having that awareness, knowing what you're good at, knowing what you're not good at. When you're not good at something, when you don't have that core capability, then what can you do about it? Can you bring in others within your team that can help with that? Just because you're the leader, it doesn't mean that you've got to have the expertise in all areas of your business and in all areas that you lead. That actually could be, and a really great strategy might be to to back you up with someone who's got that deeper level of expertise that perhaps you don't have. Um, And so that's worth thinking about. I think too too many times leaders try and be all things to all people and also try and do all things. And, And we forget that that's actually not really, particularly at the executive level, it's really not what we're there to do. Um, what we are there to do is to build great teams, and that could include uh, having you know people around us that can bring that level of depth and expertise. So that's on confidence. The sixth one is consistency. This is a ch- really challenging one because often adaptability and our ability to be flexible and adaptable to certain search situations is certainly celebrated, and it's a good thing. As a leader, I think you don't want to be kind of you know, have one speed or almost be monotone in your leadership. And I don't mean in your communication style, I mean more in your approach. Um, And if you're always taking the same kind of strategy or path, that might not be the best thing for you. You might need to adapt it, change it up, be flexible. However, if you're doing that all the time, if you're changing it up too often, and if you are really hard to read And if you are very inconsistent, then that can make people feel quite unsafe and insecure about your leadership and your ability to be able to lead them successfully. So with consistency, uh, you want to be thinking here about your messaging, your consistency, maybe in in how often you're communicating with your people. Uh, When you are communicating with them, does your communication have a bit of a pattern? You know, so so they can have a sense of what to expect. when you do communicate with them, whether it's in written form or verbal form or, or whatever it might be, format of a meeting, um, agendas, those kinds of things. You also may want to have a consistency around your approach. So if it's a new idea that your organisation ex- is exploring or that your team is exploring, is there consistency in how you go about exploring these ideas with your team? Do they have a reasonable level of expectation around your approach, but also what you're expecting of them. And this is where consistency really comes in because if you're chopping and changing it too often, you're going to be really hard to read, as I mentioned, but also it's going to be really hard for your team to actually meet your expectations. So with consistency, it's about you knowing what you want. It's about you knowing what your expectations are of your team and you communicating that. And also, you know, having a bit of a pattern to how you might engage and communicate with your team. So they've got a level of consistency. You know, as humans, we, we don't, as much as what we talk about change um, and evolution and, you know, change can be exciting and all those kinds of things. Fundamentally, a lot of us don't like change. We do like things to have a bit of a pattern and a bit of a, a system, if you like, to them. So it's easy for us to read. It's a lot easier for our brains to process when there is consistency as opposed to when there are too many changes um, and moving parts. So consistency is really important in executive level leadership. Again, that's not to say that you're not flexible, you're not adaptable, um, that you can't change your mode, but it is around probably getting it right and then sticking with it um, to the extent that it serves you well and that it serves others well, of course. 
The seventh one in our nine C's of executive level presence is care. So care, I think this probably should be number one as a leader. That care is demonstrated through our ability to be able to empathise and connect with our people. It's got to be genuine. So if care for you means taking your team out for a coffee, if it means having lots of one-on-one conversations rather than a team meeting, if it looks like giving your team a voucher every month for great performance, whatever it is, care, um, it's important that you're intentional about it but that you're also genuine about it. And in amongst care is that concept of reward and recognition and recognising, you know, just being aware of your team and and the effort that they are putting in and you, you know, as a leader, showing your gratitude to them. Um, And the best way to do that is through care. So empathy comes into this. Again, awareness, uh, really being tuned in to what your team are doing, how they're going about doing it, what level of support they need from you. Uh, But care is a really important one. And I think, again, done genuinely uh, can have huge impacts on connection and engagement and trust within your team. Uh, Done poorly, it can look really disingenuous and, you know, throwing a voucher at someone but then not, or not necessarily throwing it, but you know what I mean, handing them a voucher uh, but not really being explicit around why or, or what impact the work that they did had, that's not care. So I think this is um, less is more with care and it's probably less about the monetary value or even the value of, of what it is, but it's probably more about recognition, kindness, giving people your time and your, you know, your, 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 your attentiveness, I guess. So this is about, you know, if you're having conversation with them, phones away, screens away, connecting one-on-one, human to human. This is what we're talking about with care. And, of course, it being very genuine. The eighth one, we're up to number eight, is being conscious, if you like, or cognizant um, is another one that you might want to use here. But this is absolutely about awareness. This is you being tuned in. So it is closely related to care, which I just mentioned. This is about you being really alive to what's going on. And often, you know, the biggest gripe I hear from leaders is I've got to I've got to operationally do my stuff and I've got to work on the strategy, but I've got to manage my team too. And you might have heard me say this before, you know, the, the business of leadership is to lead people. Um, yes, you may have other things that you need to do, particularly in a cost-constrained kind of world and where resources are constrained or where you might not be able to get the resources, which is um, typically what is occurring right now post-pandemic. But having that attentiveness And just being cognizant of what's going on, again, having that empathy will serve you really well and will also serve your team really, really well. So that is around consciousness and also um, being cognizant, being aware, being empathetic. And the worst thing you can do here is is not be present. I think that kind of runs um, in complete contradiction to this notion of being conscious or cognizant of what's going on. So not being self-aware but also, you know, just not, not paying attention not caring, I guess, and that's why it is so closely related to care. And the final one I wanted to talk to you about today is courage. Um, Courage, you know, when I think about the word courage, and I sometimes get teams to do this, but I think, you know, I say to them, draw draw an image um, of what courage represents. And I've just in my mind right now, I've got the last group um, that I worked with and we had, you know, 21 pictures on the wall. They're all kind of 
hand-drawn, but they were beautiful um, symbols, if you like, of what courage meant to those groups of leaders. And it can mean so many different things. It's subjective, of course, as a lot of these descriptors are. But as a leader, and particularly as you're moving into that next level of leadership, courage is really challenging at times because sometimes, you know, you don't want to be courageous. Courageous can be hugely unpopular. Uh, Courageous can mean being very risky, uh, depending on what it is that you're needing to perhaps make a decision or take a stance on. So courage, I think, is one of those ones that's easier said than done. And people know when you're not courageous. Uh, When you're not courageous, the kinds of comments or feedback you might get is, you know, you don't appear to take accountability or you appear to be inconsistent. That can sometimes, again, this consistency and courage can be closely related because if you're not courageous, you might actually be quite inconsistent. You might do this flip-flopping thing that some of your people might experience or that you might experience uh, as you're reflecting about your colleagues and the people that you work with. So courage is one where sometimes we do need to take a risk. Sometimes we do need to do the unpopular thing, not because we want to be provocative or controversial, because it's the right thing to do. And with courage, it's about having an understanding of what is the right thing. Uh, What is the right thing for the organisation? What is the right thing for our stakeholders, our customers, our people, our shareholders, the community? whoever it is that we may be dealing with and whatever stakeholders means to you. But courage is one that's it's about others. And as I said, sometimes it's not the most popular thing, but the courage is about making that decision anyway, not for the purposes of being popular, but because it is the right thing to do. Now with courage, obviously good communication needs to accompany it because I think when people understand that you may be putting forward an unpopular view But if they can understand why you're doing it and the purpose of you taking that particular position, they're more likely to accept it because they they get the bigger picture and they get that it's not about you or necessarily about them, but perhaps that broader community, uh, the broader workforce, the customer base, the shareholders, whatever it might be, and, and maybe it's all of those things and a bit of a mixture and a combination of them. But courage, uh, is probably the most challenging one, I would say, out of all of these. So they are the nine Cs for executive level presence and influence. So running through them again, what we've talked about today is credibility, conviction, commitment, charisma, confidence, consistency, care, consciousness and and being cognizant and courage. So I hope you found that little model useful today. What I've tried um, to do too is just give you a view of what it is but also what it isn't and that might just help you in terms of your reflection um, as you're digesting this perhaps on a walk or on a break or wherever you might be, uh, you know, where where could you be dialing it up but also turning it down if you need to. It's been a pleasure to spend some time with you today. Have a good rest of your day, whatever that might include, and I will see you next time on The Leadership Lane. Bye for now. Thank you.